Welcome! This is Beyond the Hay, and I'm Steven. I'm John. <laughs> and <laughs> today we are talking about Birds of Prey. Are Birds of Prey the fabtabulous immaculation of the one Harley Quinn? You mean emancipation? You were, emancipation. you were, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, the and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. <laughs> and uh. So we, we we usually don't start our shows this way, but we're going to try something new because we have a bunch of requests uh, for us to give summaries about these movies. We were in the assumption that we didn't have to do that because we assumed that... If you clicked on it, you've probably watched that movie. But we didn't <laughs> take into consideration that maybe some people just want to listen to us and not actually watch the movie and just have us kind of explain it to them and that's okay we, we didn't actually consider that yeah so, but that's why we have feedback right yeah and it, like a, any feedback that you want to give us beyond the hate at yahoo.com and uh so the official summary is it's open season on harley quinn when her explosive breakup with the joker puts a big fat target on her back unprotected and on the run quinn faces the wrath of narcissistic crime boss black mask his right hand man uh victor saz um <laughs> i say that because then saz is actually saz Zaz. okay yeah, yeah yeah the serial killer uh and every other thug in the city but things soon even out for harley when she becomes unexpected allies with three deadly women uh the huntress black canary and Re- Re- renee montoya Montoya. Uh, Montoya. But the unofficial summary of this is my summary of it. When a juggalette takes clown worship a little too far and falls in love with one, then a metrosexual preppy guy waits his turn to beat the big boy of the city. (laughs) That is... (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, man. There's a lot of juggalettes that that do use Harley Quinn as kind of like their, you know, sort of like another member of ICP. Um, or did Harley Quinn come from the, the Juggalos? She didn't. Um, <laughs> so the original Harley Quinn came from the animated series of Batman in 1992. Fucking classic, too. Uh, one of the greatest versions of Batman ever. And it was played by this uh, woman, Arlene Sorkin. And in, just to give you a little backstory, she did the voice of Harley Quinn. But what you don't know 
is Harley Quinn was based on her anyway. Because mm. she was on this show called Days of Our Lives. In the Days of Our Lives, there was like this daydream or fever dream in the show where um, she uh, is like a court jester. So, the creators of the animated series of Batman, this was before there was an animated series of Batman, came up with Harley Quinn based off that fever dream that Arlene, uh, Arlene Sorensen had in her Days of a Live show, and then they created Harley Quinn. Mm. Uh, Paul Denny and Bruce Timm, I believe, were the creators of the animated series. Um, I thought it was Deanie. Is it Denny? Deanie? Uh, it's D I N I. Yeah, I always thought it was Deanie. But, it, I mean, it could be either way. It doesn't really I, matter. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and a Harley Quinn is uh, a clown or a buffoon. Um, that's part of the definition, anyway. Uh, so this this movie that that's actually a cool backstory. That's something that that I learned through the research of this about you know Arlene Sorkin. Yeah. So you know a lot of these a lot of the stuff that uh, Margot Robbie does in in this is kind of like she she tries to keep it true to the original uh, because the only reason this movie got done was because of Margot Robbie. Right. She pitched this movie to Warner Brothers. Because she was a producer on it, too. Yeah, she went to Warner Brothers and said, Hey, there needs to be a Harley Quinn movie with a female-led cast, you know, and everything like that. And Warner Brothers was like, Yeah, there needs to be. Yeah, let's make it. Let's yeah. do it. And that's awesome. That's awesome that Warner Brothers listens like that. Because a lot of studios don't. Yeah. Well, that's another thing, too, is that, like, because DC structures, you know, because DC is always compared to Marvel, but DC structures is a little bit different because I don't think that they have a studio head like Kevin Feige was for the MCU. I don't know if they have anybody that's kind of like an overlord that watches over, you know, all the different DC movies. They're all kind of just independent projects that kind of loosely work with each other. They get kind of their own producers and stuff. They tried to bring Zack Snyder in to be that. But the thing about it, and Marvel's a huge story, but the another thing about it is there's just too many separate DC stories to have one person run DC. Right. So really their idea now that they're doing is like, yeah, make a movie in this timeline, make one in this this you know you you can still no we're not we're doing a batman but no you can still be batman too and stuff but the joker movie it can take place in like the early 80s that can be a different joker yeah. but there still can be another joker that's kind of how dc movies should work because that's how their comic books kind of work you know they always have like oh well there's this version of the joker and here's this version of the batman and there's you know, there's the Killing Joke storyline, but it doesn't have anything to do with this storyline because that's a different universe, Batman. So why not just kind of go all in and just be like, yeah, I mean, we're, we're still going to do the DCEU even though it doesn't compare to Marvel. But also, we're going to go back to what we liked about our older stuff, you know, the dark stuff like Christopher Nolan started us on the path to with Robert Pattinson. You know, so we can if still... If that movie we, ever comes out. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it will. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, and I think that uh, that's one of the things that's cool about about Margot like, really pitching, like, hey, we should really do something like this. 
because you know Harley Quinn for one has like a big fan base because you always see like girls dressed up like her for Halloween and you know stuff like that. So it's I think it's uh, it's good to see that because really the only other I guess the only other movie they have with like a strong female in it would be Wonder Woman, really. Yeah, and actually they they have actually a relationship, so maybe at one point we could see a crossover. I'd like to see that. I know they're doing the Gotham City Sirens movies. I'm just saying DC. Maybe put Wonder Woman in it because it's supposed to take place in the same universe and the same timeline. So they do have history in the comic books. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves and give you guys too many of these sweet-ass facts that we have here, right. let's talk about the beer we have. Yeah, uh, so this is uh, from the Abita Brewing Company. Uh, which is uh, Abita Springs, Louisiana, and uh, this is Louisiana. Um, this is the Office Party Holiday Stout, um, and it's a it's a limited run beer. I guess it's only done during holiday time, but it's a stout brewed with cocoa nibs, cinnamon, vanilla, and nutmeg. Yeah, six point eight percent alcohol, which is pretty good. I would personally. Give That's it why a, I'm kind of feeling it already. Yeah. Yeah, I personally give it a two out of three. Yeah, it's uh, got a little bit of bitterness to it, I guess, from the hops, but the nutmeg and the vanilla and stuff take a little bit of the edge off. It's a pretty good beer. I just don't like the bitterness at the end. That's why it doesn't get a three out of three. Yeah, I'm giving it. But a it's two decent out of three. enough. If you don't mind your beer to be a little bit more hoppy, have a little bit of the bitterness, then you might uh, you and, might like it a little bit more than us. But it definitely yeah. has a good flavor. It goes down pretty easy, so it's not awful. No, um, um, and I made the comment earlier. I was like, I think if you had like hot cinnamon rolls to drink with this, it would, uh, it would, it would, yeah. it would go well together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So uh, Cinnabon, get on that shit. Cinnabon, <laughs> get get your beers. Get, uh, you, get so, your shit together. So this movie had a budget of eighty-four million dollars. Oh wow! I would have thought maybe it would be higher than that. Only yeah. eighty-four million. It huh? grossed two hundred and one worldwide. Uh, which is considered kind of a failure, I guess, but it still made money, so whatever. It still made like double what its budget was. Yeah. Um, I mean, so the uh, another kind of interesting thing because the egg sandwich is kind of a part of the storyline in this movie. Yes, it is. It's not actually chicken eggs. That this I don't know if this matters to most people, but it's not chicken eggs that it's made with because Margot Robbie is actually allergic to chicken eggs. So they use duck eggs. Oh, okay. Um, I thought maybe it was like a vegan thing, but but yeah. no, no, no. She's no, she's not a vegan. Uh, Nicholas Cage almost played the Black Mask, but I'm kind of glad that he didn't because I think it would have been a little too over the top. Uh, Ewan McGregor kind of finds that balance like he always does, and uh, every you know every scene you see him in is. It's enjoyable, right? Even though he is, he is a little weirdo. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> the the villain of this movie was supposed to be uh, the penguin, but um, you know he was scrapped because they were going to put the penguin in the Batman, and you can't waste a good villain on a female. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, I, w- I wonder how that would have. That is uh, that, that is actually my personal opinion because the Batman movie doesn't even take place in the same timeline as this so what's what who cares you could put the penguin in this movie but they're like no we're gonna put it in the batman so 
let's give the Batman a good. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> I, I think the Penguin would have made more sense because the Penguin always tries to fight for control of Gotham from the Joker, and that's kind of what the Black Mask is doing in this movie. Um, yeah. But by targeting Harley Quinn, not by actually trying to fight the Joker because he's a coward. Right. Um, but also your description of him being metrosexual, I think, kind of works, too. Oh, he definitely is a metrosexual. Right, yeah. Uh, Kathy Yen is the first Asian uh, woman to direct a DC film that is one more Asian woman than Marvel. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Shots fired. Where's all that, look, where's all that inclusivity, you guys, huh? you guys go back and look at our episodes. We, 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 we have Marvel films on there. We defend them and we love them. But also... I'm not one to 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 uh, mask them from from criticism either. Like there should be more women directors in the Marvel films, and there's just not very many. Um, no, although the uh, the uh, this isn't DC. I mean, this isn't like Marvel related, but like Disney at least is going to have a female director for the Obi Wan series or female. Disney executive has producer. been doing a good job. Yeah, of minorities and. But Marvel specifically, because this is Marvel versus DC. Right. But yeah, Disney does a good job of diversity now. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even like, uh, what's the lady who does Wonder Woman? Jenkins? Patty Jenkins? Yeah, Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins, yeah. Uh, the reason everyone quits Star Trek. Patty Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that'll be in her IMDb uh, portfolio now. It'll be like, the reason that's the, the, the cinematic Star Trek movies ended in the reboot was because of Patty Jenkins. Yeah. But, uh, um, but uh, you know, I, I, I think Patty Jenkins is a better director than, you know, a lot of people give her credit for. The, Mar- the, the Wonder Woman movies are really good. Everything she does is good. But this isn't about Patty Jenkins. Okay. No. But it's good to see that they're, they're bringing more female, uh, you know, directors in to work on. Especially because, like, with a, something like this, and I don't know much about Kathy Ann, but uh, if... She straight up made a Deadpool movie for DC, so... It's pretty hard to pull that off because you have to make sure everything kind of lines up really good. Yeah, but I think that uh, it's good to see that you know she's getting you know shots like this because she doesn't have like a ton of director credits. I'd never, I don't think I've seen anything else that she's done. Looking at the list, I know I haven't. But based on this movie, though, I think that maybe if they decide that they want to do another birds of prey movie like hey it did make money so let's do maybe like another one and they're like we're going to get her to well, come back and do it then the part of the hey. Har- well the part of the Harley Quinn trilogy is going to be it's supposed to start a suicide squad but i don't know if it restarts with the new suicide squad or if it started with the original suicide squad so i don't know because, yeah who knows because the new suicide squad supposed to be a reboot slash sequel because they kind of keep some stuff, but they kind of start over, so I don't really understand it. But <laughs> do we do we need Flash's time travel to explain this shit? It probably will. That okay. probably will be a cop out for them. Because isn't that isn't that sort of like the reset button? Is that they can just have Flash? They can just have Flash. Just yeah, which is just I mean I'm not hating on that. That's a character. He's he's op as shit. Right. He always <laughs> has been. If yeah. the Flash loses, he just reverses time. Right. Like, literally, he's just like, yeah, I'll just fucking time travel and fix this shit. He's super overpowered. Yeah. Like, if you were like, hey, who would win in a physical fight between Flash and Superman? It's like, obviously Superman. 
Who would win in a war with Flash and Superman? It's Flash every time. Flash is going to win. Right. Because there's no way you're going to beat him. Because he can just hit that the reset end. button and be like, no, bitch, I went back in time. <laughs> he's dead. He's basically like a Doctor Strange of the DC Universe. Yeah. Because Doctor Strange, you know, fought Dormammu for what they said was actually like a thousand years before Dormammu actually made that deal because he kept looping it. And they said that actually happened for like a thousand years. That's why when he came out of it, and the next movie he was the Sorcerer Supreme, because he literally practiced, uh, you know, the, the the sorcery for a thousand years before you know Infinity War happened. Yeah. And that time loop with Dormammu. So that's actually you know that's that's pretty much Flash because he he can live through a bunch of timelines and shit. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like their that's sort of like their oh shit button if they have a movie series that doesn't work. Well, let's use Flash and let's do some uh, let's do some reversing here. Yeah, you, know? you can reset that. You can recast people and as Batman, you can say, well, this is Batman from you know World Three One Three or whatever, you know, right, something yeah. like that. You know, multiple universe type. Yeah, stuff. you can do whatever you want to, and that's that's awesome option to have. Yeah. But also uh, another cool thing, since we were talking about the the female stuff, uh, is Renee Montoya is the first canon gay character in Marvel or DC. Uh, because her and Ali Wong's character were, you know, were, were a lesbian couple, and this is canon from the comic books. There's been gay characters in Marvel, but it wasn't canon. It was just kind of something that they put in the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. But Renee Montoya is the first canon gay character ever put in these movies. But they didn't really like in the movie they didn't really make like a point to point that out or at least that's not it does they don't hit you over well, the head with it. Well, it doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, it does, yeah, I think that's why everybody kind of oh, I didn't say everybody, but most people kind of enjoyed it cuz you knew they were a couple but they didn't make a big deal about it cuz I feel like it's I feel like it's offensive if you point it out too much because it's like, oh, look, we put a gay couple in this movie. Look what we did. We need, we need, we need those gay points. <laughs> you know, like if they mention the word like lesbian a bunch of times, it's like, oh, I mean, we got it. We're not stupid. We understand. Yeah, most of the time you you would exp- you would hope that your audience is at least like aware enough to go like, oh, okay, I guess they are they're like a couple then, huh? Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. Because I even had the thought while watching this, I was like, wait, is the Black Mask supposed to be gay? And he, he, Steve was like, I, he's like, I don't know, but I mean, he kind of comes across as gay, I, I guess. You know? Yeah, he comes off as uh, either like gay or like what you were saying, like, like metrosexual. Or, yeah. He has something going on with that, like, because he's just... Or he could be bi, maybe he's just fluid. I guess. I don't like, know. Like I, I, don't know. It's like if you're, uh, if you're part of the LGBTQ community, uh, and you feel like I think he's he, the questioning part of that. Right. I question what he is. Yeah. Uh, Harley's dad traded her for a case of beer. I don't know if you people uh, remember that part of this movie, but that's what she got traded for. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird story because she's actually like a accomplished college degree um she's like a psych she's a psychiatrist yeah (laughs) but um you know in the um comic books in the animated series harley quinn had two hyenas um and in this she only has one which she names bruce yeah um after bruce wayne 
but turns out there's a reason that Harley Quinn chose hyena. Not just because it was something that was like really cool and vicious, but there's an actual reason that she specifically chose hyenas. It's because hyenas have a female dominant hierarchy. Oh, like just in their packs? Yeah, in all their packs, it's always led by females. Ah, oh, that's interesting. So they chose that animal for Harley Quinn way back in the day for that reason. Oh, that's pretty cool. Now the thing about like her origin that she kind of runs through at the beginning when also the uh, at the beginning of the movie when they do the uh, the little it's like a like an anime almost like a cartoon mm-hmm. of like showing like her early life and everything. Um, uh, I don't remember from the cartoon from the Batman animated show if uh, I feel like I had to sneeze there for a second. I might I might still, but uh, <laughs> um, the thing where she ends up with like the. She ends up with the nuns, and she's kind of raised around the nuns, and everything. And then she ends up rebelling, and she, you know, gets into like college and all that sort of stuff. Is that from the uh, original animated show? I don't remember that. I feel like some of that was probably written later for her story. I don't know if it was comic books, but I don't think that was in the animated series. I don't think they went that far back. I mean, we knew that she was. She was um, like a she was a criminal psychiatrist that was brought in to, to you know handle some of the uh, criminals in Arkham Asylum, and then she got assigned to the to the Joker, and it slowly started to drive her insane being around him and analyzing him. But it's like I don't think they really went anything farther back than what her college experience was. So no, thought, she was basically a genius, and then she got corrupted by the Joker. So, and that's pretty much her story. Yeah. In the animated series. And then she became, you know, insane. Uh, in the membrane? Insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Okay. And the version <laughs> of the Black Canary, uh, played by uh, Journey uh, Smollett Bell, uh, is based off the game Injustice. She said in interviews that she based the character off Black Canary off the version of Black Canary. From the Injustice games. Oh, okay. And that's why her stance when she finally does the scream, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, she actually finally does it. Uh, after, you know, the whole movie of not doing it. Because uh, you see her seeing at the first in the club and stuff like that. And um, it, she's one of the most badass characters because she, she saves Harley from that creep dude whenever she was drunk. Yeah. And, you know... Uh, She's probably her and the Huntress. I think probably mine and John's favorite characters in the, the movie. Huntress was like <laughs> Huntress was funny, definitely. Because that was Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Uh, yeah, and she um, she's freaking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she's awesome in everything she does. Going back to uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Oh um, yeah, that is her. <laughs> okay, I thought she looked familiar, yeah. but I'm like, where the fuck do I remember her from? Yeah, that's right. Because yeah, she's uh, the girl, she's well, yeah, she's uh, the girl that Scott Pilgrim has to fight all those people for. The yeah, her the exes for, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Huntress and yeah, uh, Black Canary are probably my two favorite characters in the movie. Yeah. Um, other than Harley. Yeah, like, yeah. Harley's amazing. And, uh, yeah, so the, the Game Injustice had a huge influence on some of the characters in Black Canary. Because there's so many versions of Black Canary you can base off from, but she was, like, 
she does the same stance and everything like in the game whenever she finally does scream so that's pretty cool yeah it's a uh... It's kind of like when you watch like the Mortal Kombat movie, and then you you know you see them do like the moves, and you're like, oh, that's the thing from the game, yeah. It's that's like the they, thing. yeah, that's cool. They added that, yeah. No, the, the bicycle kick does kind of look, um, what's the word for it? garbage on the live screen, uh, epic in the video games. Shots kind of, fired. Hey, I've won many a rounds with that fucking oh, no, it's, bicycle. It, kick. No, it's epic in Mortal Kombat. In the game, in yeah. the movie, it just because you can just little... tell they're on wires and they're just swinging them. Like, yeah, there's no way to make that move look cool in real life. The only thing that's kind of like like in Street Fighter Two, like some of the moves didn't translate when they did the movie, but. Bison's like little twirly thing, it totally did. Yeah. Like, because he, he hits Gaul with that whenever they're fighting, and it was like that, the, and it looked awesome. The like, what's, it, what's it called? Like the psychic screwdriver or yeah, something? Yeah, the psychic screwdriver, because he hits it in the movie, and it looked cool. Yeah. Um, there's but, just some there's just some moves that just can't translate to film. The bicycle kick, one of the best kicks. Like, if they made, like, a Killer Instinct movie, and they did, like, Jago's move or whatever, where he has, like, that fucking 33 hit combo that he can do from the ground up it looks stupid as shit right <laughs> in the game though if you actually hit that combo you feel like it's yeah, over it's... well it's over with if you hit oh. if you actually can hit that combo it takes all the the rest of the bar off like yep but anyway yeah. uh, <laughs> uh uh ewan mcgregor based the black mask on donald trump um <laughs> That is something he said in many interviews, who he based them off from. Uh, some of the comic book character, but the narcissist part, he uh, said he, stunned, he studied Donald, Donald Trump for that. Yeah, so um, that's uh, that makes sense after watching the movie. Like, that actually, I feel like I understand that character a little bit better So now. maybe that's where he got the gay from? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do gay people like that. Um, no, gay people at least have standards. They're not that much of a narcissist. Uh. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're good people. And Lady Gaga was offered a role in the film and turned it down. So anti-feminist? Right. <laughs> Does Lady Gaga hate women? <laughs> Shots fired. Well, what Come was on. she being offered? Like, what role was she being offered? Doesn't matter. What well, uh, was it like? I can't. Probably Black Canary. Oh, because she can sing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was probably Black Canary, and then she said no, and it's like, ugh. well, I'm actually kind of glad that, I don't know, I'm kind of, the Lady Gaga would have been cool in the movie, but I'm kind of glad that Black Canary, even though Black Canary is a white character in the comics, right. I'm kind of glad it was played by a black character, because Black Canary. Right. I mean, <laughs> is, is, uh, that's what I was thinking, like, is the fact that she's called Black Canary kind of a little too on the nose? It might be a know? little too on the nose, but, like, there's, like... There's there's already like TV show versions and like other movie versions and video games and comic. There's like twenty white versions of Black Canary. Let's at least get one. Yeah, I mean, and and besides, I mean, you know, this is like this is you know, I would assume like kind of like an alternate universe because this version of you know Harley Quinn and Joker is different from you know other versions of Harley Quinn and Joker and although Harley Quinn and Joker always do break up though, that is every single version they never have a happy ending because they are the definition of a toxic couple right like he is an emotional manipulator mm-hmm. that that is his thing that's how he treats everyone but he treats harley the worst because she's the most loyal to him right 
And he knows that, you know, whatever he does, she'll come back to him. Right. You know, it's like a, it's almost like a Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, because the Gotham City uh, Sirens in the the comic books is Harley Quinn, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman. That's the Gotham City Sirens in the comic books. And they team up and they kind of become heroes. And then they go to, there's like a, a... a prison break going on in Arkham Asylum and then they go there and um, they go there to kill the Joker but instead of killing the Joker Harley betrays Catwoman and Poison Ivy and she sets the Joker free and then uh, she ends up getting locked up but the Joker goes away and then Poison Ivy and Catwoman come back to kill Harley Quinn. Yeah. So that's that's like the co- that's the comic book version of that. I'm pretty sure they're not going to do that in the movie if they do a movie. But, you know, that's the comic book version of it. She just can't resist the Joker. Right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, we can go, go into... I guess we can go into the story for this movie and what people didn't like. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Um, into it. So it's uh, and I have um, yeah, I have like maybe like two big comments and then kind of like two small comments, uh, if you want to look at it that way. But I'll start off with this main one here, and then um, and then we'll probably take like a break after we do this part. Um, so it says uh, with badly driven character arcs and non-existent plot, Birds of Prey is a directionless mess. Instead of showing you a fun and interesting story, they would rather talk you through expository dialogue and narration. Too much exposition. The film was constantly telling a story of why they were doing something instead of just doing the thing. Seemed rushed, and the characters were never really fleshed out. Uh, Beneath this pile of wasted potential is a sadly missed opportunity for an interesting story about some of DC's most interesting characters. The most compelling part of the movie for me was Huntress, who had less screen time than an adole- than the adolescent pickpocket girl. <laughs> the lead character is portrayed as shallow, having gone loony up to where she ends up in present time, stealing, killing, and being an anarchist. The other characters pop up as anti-heroes, but again a lack of depth and no backstory other than Black Canary to give a sense of connection to their motives. The scene where Black Canary lets her vocals loose and exhibits a superpower comes out of nowhere and happens only once. I still don't understand how she got that power, but maybe the editing took out that part. Well, I mean, she, she is the Black Canary. You kind of are supposed to know she has that power because you're gonna go see a, you know, Birds of Prey movie. Like it's not an <laughs> origin Black Canary story, right? Because otherwise, they would just make a movie that's just called Black Canary, and then they would flesh out her whole backstory yeah they did this assuming people knew the powers i guess and that's the thing a lot of times i think with some of these movies is people are like well yeah but if i don't know anything about like so if somebody's like if they've done not really big on dc movies right they don't really read comic books they don't know the characters and they're like yeah but like they don't really explain like you know their powers or any of that kind of stuff and it's like well, I think DC is doing a level of assumption, thinking that if you're watching this, you probably at least know something about the comics, you know, because it's like these are like Huntress and Black Canary. They're not characters that I'm familiar with. I don't know them that well. Yeah, 
but I can understand the movie well enough with what they did. Like, I understand that Huntress is, you know, I mean, she's like, you know, trained to kind of be like an assassin. And Black Canary, I understand that, you know, she has the, the vocal yeah. abilities and that kind of stuff. You can kind of put it together if you're just you watching. You can, but I, I kind of agree with this guy a little bit. They might have should have done a better job of setting up some of this stuff for people that might not know what's going on and might want to watch this movie. Sure, like, it wouldn't have took that much time. Because we could have even had, uh, you know, Harley, since she's doing the narration, basically explain, like, what like, Black Canary has these, like, crazy vocal abilities yeah. with that scream that she can do uh, and how devastating it is. And you can set it up, you know, earlier on when she's kind of, you know, talking about stuff, or at least at some point when, you know, she's talking about Black Canary, you could bring it up and maybe show like a cutaway sequence with Harley narrating it that shows her using that power. And you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then they just go the whole rest of the movie without using it, and she uses her then hand-to-hand hand use combat. It the end. Yeah, see, and then you can use it at the end, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, Harley explained that she had that power. Okay, that's cool. That's how yeah, she uses it. That would have been an easy way to involve that. So yeah, I kind of agree with that point he made a little bit because if you don't know who those characters are, because Black Canary, I mean, I guess isn't like a universal. It's not like. You know, you, if you do a Superman movie, you don't have to be like, well, this is where Superman got his powers from. Right. Um, which is nowhere. He just is. Um, it's because of the yellow sun and his ability to absorb our sun's energy. Yeah, but it's like, but if you know anything about Superman, you you already know that, you know. It's, yeah, everyone knows stuff about Superman. It's like Superman and Batman's two of the characters that don't actually need origin stories anymore. No. You can just start a movie and just be like, wait, well, well I mean, why didn't I see him as a baby? Bring in the... Like, I want to see Martha and Thomas Wayne die again. <laughs> it's like, no, man. <laughs> Nobody wants down. to see that. And I think that, uh, you know, like when they talk about like... Um, you know that Huntress was on screen. You know less than you know the the pickpocket. It's like well, just because she just shows up later. Yeah, she shows up later, but she's got a good bit of screen time towards the end of the movie, and she pops up here and there when she's like taking out those those people. People were asking about spinoff movies just specifically for the Huntress, and I was just kind of like, yeah, do it. I mean, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You can you can totally do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's like, would that be like a movie that's going to gross like, you know, like a billion dollars or something? No, probably not. But it would be a fun movie to watch because you know that you'd have the humor in it. You'd have all the cool stuff with the crossbow and all of her like assassin skills. That would be pretty fun to watch, I think. But, you know, at least for now, if they can, if they do more of the Birds of Prey stuff, she'll at least be involved in that. Um, but, yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know... The, the, oh yeah, it says having gone loony over her falling in love with the Joker. Um, the backstory of her life doesn't add up to where she ends up in present time, stealing, killing, and being an anarchist. And it's like, well, <sighs> I mean, she doesn't go crazy after the Joker leaves her or whatever. She was already crazy. crazy. You're right. She just went actually a little less crazy because then she tried to help people right and it's like you can tell that she's got moments where she's still kind of a kind of a shit person but then you know 
She also has her moments. I where mean, you're she like, betrays them all at the end of the movie. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. She betrays everyone at the end of the movie, and it's like, oh yeah. I mean, that's Harley. I mean, if you're just like, yeah, we. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, but the thing too is that she also like she you know she took interest in that kid. And she could have just, like, killed her and then just took the diamond from her anyway. Yeah. You know, but instead she was like, you know, I'm not trying to harm this kid because, you know, like, I understand her and, and that kind of stuff. So you can so tell she that... she didn't murder a child. She is a good right. person. <laughs> I mean, you know, and she, she killed a bunch of bad guys and she blew up a chemical plant. I mean, you know, does that, does that make her a terrorist? Yes, it does. But... <laughs> she put a lot of people out of work. Right, yeah, exactly. But um, she attacked that chemical plant because that was the side of town that the Joker owned, like ran. Right. So she specifically attacked the Joker. And that's where she was transformed into Harley Quinn, too. Yeah. And she kind of ceased to be Harleen Quinzel. But, uh, but Harleen yeah. Francis Quinzel. Is, oh, I didn't, know, I didn't know what her middle name was. Okay. Francis. Francis. Deadpool um, hates Francis. Right. Um, yeah, wouldn't that be a, a fucking epic crossover? Harley Quinn versus Deadpool? <laughs> Although, you can I watch mean, that on YouTube with those people that do that animated thing. The superhero fights or whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. It's not the, how this should have ended. Is that no. what, Oh, okay. Although that channel is it's pretty It's like cool. a couple. It's like a married couple, I think, that do that channel. I forget what it's called, but I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna look at that. I think I know what you're talking about too, and I can't remember the name of it. They do like animated, like they do like the villain pubs and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'll do this part uh, before we go to the break uh, because this is like a smaller comment, and I wanted to use this, but I didn't. It, it didn't really fit with anything else that we needed to talk about, so I was like, I'll just put this on its own. But it says the best part of the film isn't even about the film, but the critics' response to it. Even the top critics, whose job it is to is to judge movies by their story and characters, say that the fighting was so cool and it makes a good movie. So then, why isn't Green Lantern considered a good movie? Then, Man of Steel, Suicide Squad, these critics are either to, uh, either too dumb to realize an awful movie when they see one, or they're afraid to criticize movies because of the backlash they might get. Wait, he just said like two different things. Then why isn't Green Lantern? Yeah, so it says uh, e even uh... Green Lantern. Okay, let me let me tell you. I like Ryan Reynolds. I've watched that movie probably three or four times just because of Ryan Reynolds. Right. But Green Lantern in that movie is so unoriginal <laughs> because he has a ring that can do anything. And the stuff he does in that is kind of lame. <laughs> so it falls a little flat whenever you know the history of Green Lantern. I'm still not saying it's a horrible movie. But maybe that's why some critics didn't like that. Men of Steel was a great movie. People just didn't like the fact that other people died besides whoever in that movie. It's like, oh, they leveled a city. And it's like, yeah, it could have been the whole planet. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Henry Cavill is still, you know, a great... You know, he's still a great Superman. But, yeah, uh, I think that, um, you know, it's like a lot of times what happens with, like, the critics, though, is that if they if they come out against the movie that people like, like, if you're a critic and you came out and you were like, 
Uh, the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, it's just, it's so far up its own ass, you can't take it seriously. People would go online and be like, you're fucking canceled. How do you not like this movie? This movie's a masterpiece. And people go fucking crazy about it. And then there's the other thing where you're like, if it's a movie that people don't like, let's say it was something like the Han Solo movie, right? And you're, if you're a critic and you're like, hey, it was actually pretty good. I thought, you know, I thought, you know, Lando was pretty good. The guy who played Han did a pretty decent job. You got some cool Chewbacca shit. And then people are like, fuck you, this movie's garbage. And it's like, you can't do anything as a critic online because everybody now is is so uh, angry. Unless you work for Rotten Tomatoes, apparently. Angry and, what's that? Unless you work for Rotten Tomatoes, apparently, and everybody just believes you blindly. Right. Because there's some people that are like, well, I won't watch a movie. only got a 48% it's... on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not watching that. It must be shit. It's like. It's the Matrix. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, it's a fucking masterpiece. It's like, yeah, I was, uh, I was like looking through Rotten Tomatoes and, you know, uh, the fucking Blade Runner sequel. It got like, I don't know what its rating is, but say it got like a 35 or something. And people were like, movie was shit. It's fucking it's... Harrison Ford and Ron Gosling. Right. right. And it's no like. fucking way that made it's shit. Like, it's like, I haven't seen the Blade Runner, you know, sequel, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not shit with, like you were saying, with like Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling in it. You know, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that movie's not going to be shit. But also, we have an open mind. We don't just automatically assume that a movie's going to be shit before it comes out. You know, we're willing to give something a chance. And we're also not like, you know, toxic as shit when we talk about movies. Because we understand that, you know, sometimes in movies you'll have things that don't make sense. And we'll call it out when we don't like something. But generally, the reason that we're positive is because... Why would you want to just sit there and watch movies constantly that you fucking hate? I don't like musicals. Do you think I'm going to want to sit there and fucking watch The Sound of Music like three times so I can nitpick the fuck out of it on IMDb? No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Some of these people are so angry and they're angry at critics. They're angry at people. Like there's people we'll see in, in comments that are like, how the fuck can anyone like this movie? It's like, how the fuck can anyone like you? You must be a miserable shit human to be around if you're on IMDb bitching about movies constantly. Yeah. You know? Talk about musicals, though. Sweeney Todd was pretty awesome. <laughs> see, I never watched Sweeney Todd. I just... I liked it. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people like that movie. I just, I'm just not really that big into musicals. The only musical movie that I can stand is Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny because that's my kind of musical. I can deal with that kind of musical. But, you know, like, uh, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I haven't seen, like, the... I watched the Repo Man, the genetic rock opera, and it had Paris Hilton and stuff in it, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and, um, uh, shit, it was the one that, the, uh, or, no, I was thinking of Dr. Horrible. Jude Law was, okay. Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, that was, um, uh, shit, what's his name? Um, Spinal Taps, a musical? Well, yeah, I guess technically. Well, it's more like a, like a mockumentary, though. Mockumentary musical? I mean, yeah, but it's like, but it, it's like, it, it's supposed to be like, you know, like a film crew following the band around, so it's done more yeah, documentary. Yeah, but don't they have scenes in it where they tell story with, with music? Uh, it's been a minute since I've seen Spinal Tap, but... I think they do, so that's a musical. <sighs> but, I if mean... If you tell any story with music in a movie, it's yeah. a musical. I mean, like, because uh, a Rocky Horror Picture Show would be a musical. Yes. Yeah. 
And I'm like, that's I'm never a good really... movie. I like, I like Rocket Heart. I mean, I could watch that movie. I, I think what it is is that like musical type movies, like stuff like Oklahoma and like the sound of music and like the Rodgers and Hammerstein type stuff. That's like the older. That's like the old school kind of musicals where everybody would just break into song in the middle and start dancing on tables. And I hate that. It's just stupid to me. But I'm not a musical person. But the thing is, is that I don't go on IMDb and bitch about like Oklahoma was fucking shit. Fuck Rodgers and Hammerstein. You know, I don't do that because I just don't watch those movies. Why would I spend hours watching movies that I know I'm not going yeah, to like? Definitely get the point of that. Yeah, definitely. Right. You know, but yeah, it's like. Uh, but you know, the one of the funny things since you mentioned the Rock and Horror Picture Show, it's like. Um, in that movie, transsexuals from were from another planet. Right. Yeah. Um, Transylvania. Right. Yeah. Transylvania. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious, actually, when you think about it. Yeah, that is pretty funny. But kind of um, offensive, but hilarious. Yeah. Well, I um, mean, but uh, uh, the uh, I'm sure who was it that wrote Rocky Horror Picture Show? Was it John Waters? Didn't he write that? Or am I thinking of somebody else? No, it wasn't John Waters. <laughs> um, or does it know. feel like something that John Waters would have done? <laughs> no, no. Um, no, it was it was actually a little bit more down to earth. There wasn't a lot of chicken fucking in Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> um, Wait, John Waters had a movie where he had chicken fucking in it? Yes. What movie was that? I don't know. Pink Flamingo. Pink Flamingos? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. I see, I've never watched Pink Flamingos, so I'll take your word on it. I didn't realize that there was an abundance of chicken fucking in that movie. Yeah, he was a weird dude. <laughs> Probably should have been arrested. <laughs> Probably was arrested, and I just don't know. Oh, I don't know. We might have to do some he research. He could be like on... Mike Tyson and probably be a sex offender. Right. It's like, is, uh, is John Waters on a list somewhere? Does he have to announce himself to his neighbors when he moves? John Waters is dead, right? No, he's still alive. Um, I'll have to look it up. This has nothing to do with... We're going to a break. We're going to break. being on the uh, soundtrack there steve was it not <laughs> oh man it was the trampoline scene yeah yeah but it's uh, it's it's one of those things like i i don't re- you know i didn't remember it at first and then it was like oh yeah that wasn't the soundtrack that's right <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. Um, also, System of a Down is back, people. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, they're back. Yeah, um, and apparently uh, Azerbaijan and Armenia are back at war again. So, yay, yay, war that was supposed to have been done already, but apparently, um, yay, apocalypse. <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah, because System of a Down and Armenian, you know, they uh, they definitely. 
I think the um, movie X Men Apocalypse is based on a true story. Mm. Just gonna go say it. Oh, okay. Every, everything they built must fall and all. Uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so does that mean that Oscar Isaac is all powerful? Yeah, I guess he, he has always has been. Yeah, always has been. Um, but uh, <laughs> and he's been casted as the Moon Knight in Marvel. Oh, I thought they were gonna have uh, Keanu play Moon Knight. Okay, so it's gonna be Oscar Isaac then. It's gonna be Oscar Isaac. Ah. So he's still gonna be in a uh, in the umbrella of Disney. He just won't be involved in Star Wars anymore. That's right. Yeah. They gotta keep that our, uh, Oscar Isaac close to the chest. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And when we say chest, we mean in our hearts. Right. Always. So I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna say uh, John Boyega as a young blade. Let's do this. <laughs> it's Marshala Ali. You can still have a young version of him, though. That's John Boyega. He is younger. That would have made more sense originally. Right. Because... Instead of Marshala? Yeah, Marshala is only like seven years younger than Wesley Snipes. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And is just now kind of famous. So I don't even understand why recast Wesley Snipes for a guy that's seven years younger. I mean, if they got somebody like John Boyega, at least he would be. I would be like, like yeah, that's like twenty years younger. Yeah, and you could you could have the Blade franchise going for a long ass time if you have John Boyega casted to be Blade. You know, I just didn't understand that. It'd be like, oh, but Marshall Ali is a great actor. I didn't say he wasn't, but seven years younger than the original guy that played it. Just make a Blade Four, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Comic book movies are weird, especially right now with the fucking coronavirus and nothing can get really released to theaters because a lot of theaters are going out of business, I guess. (laughs) A lot of theaters are going to blame the virus for their mishaps too, but a lot of them, you know, we're probably going to shut down anyway. Like that one in California that wanted to show, you know, Star Wars instead of the Quentin Tarantino movie. Sure, Star Wars might be a spectacle, but you're going to get people to come back if you show stuff like Quentin Tarantino movies. Right. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is just Star... I mean, I say Star Wars is just Star Wars because it's not something that's going to change, you know, your opinion of film. You're just going to watch it, and then it's going to be whatever it is. You can't change it. Tarantino film, you always know what you're going to get with a Tarantino film. Yeah. Yeah, you always know, like, his passion that went into it. It's always going to be greatness. He's never going to do a scene just to make money. Let's hurry up and get this movie out. Is something that you're never going to hear Quentin Tarantino yeah. say. We got to get this movie made because we got to get these toys sold. Yeah, we got to get those holiday Christmas toy sales. You yeah, know? we have eight months to make this movie. Let's go ahead and get it done and edit it. Quentin Tarantino is like, we have all the time in the world. I don't give a fuck if this takes five years. <laughs> this We're gonna do could, this shit right. <laughs> this movie could take fifteen years. I don't give a shit. It will <laughs> come out when I'm ready for it to come out. <laughs> yeah, when I'm, re- I'm good and damn ready. When I'm fucking good and damn ready for it to come out is when it'll get released. That's why he's never made a bad movie. Right. Um, but Disney uh, made Song of the South. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Okay. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's also not forget that Henry Ford got a medal from Hitler. Yeah. 
So anyway, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, for, for tough, for tough. That's <laughs> run by different. people. That's run by different. I, I'm not gonna punish the new modern day Ford. Fords are not related to the Nazi party. <laughs> Henry Ford, fucking Nazi. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna be like, yeah, you Ford people, you're on. Nah, that's not true. This is this is way removed from the, the Henry. Yeah, Ford, from so. Henry Ford's days. Yeah, no, the the family is quite a bit different now. Although um, I am a Toyota guy, but they're just better. <laughs> Yeah, we both drive a Japanese car, so does that make us traitors? I drive a Mazda, it, and you drive it, a Toyota? It might, in like the fucking 1910s or something. Like, yeah. Nobody lives like that anymore. No. Good vehicle. Like, I've had the same truck for 10 years. Before then, I drove a Chevy and I drove a Ford. Maybe it lasted me a year or two. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are my life opinions, I guess. Right, yeah. Uh, but, anyway, but back to Birds of Prey, right? Um... Uh, Birds of Prey, the Toyota of DC movies. <laughs> oh man, uh, holds up for ten years at least. At least, okay. At least our Mazda, because yeah, you have, you have a Mazda. I have a Mazda. Yep. Um, and uh, uh, one thing I will say about Mazdas, though, is that like my experiences is like from having one. You know, it's uh, I've I've not really had to deal with too many issues with it. Aside from like brakes, but everybody has to deal with brakes. Nothing like catastrophic. So, so I've far, never changed my brakes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That'd be fucked up if you never changed your brakes for ten years. Oh god, you're fucking. There's no way you can do that. That would be. You, <laughs> anyway, get to the car. Anyway, so that'd be hilarious. It's like I've never had to change my brakes in ten years. Right. It's like oh, you're gonna die in like yeah. a horrific. <laughs> yeah. It's because you could could you imagine that because eventually it would just get to the point where there'd be nothing for it to break anymore. You would just be you would just be careening off the road. Oh god, dying. Uh, (laughs) Um, Maybe that should happen to Jared Leto's Joker, not Jared Leto. Yeah, not saying Jared Leto. Although I'll I'll trade I'll trade him for Paul Walker. (laughs) Paul Walker back. (laughs) Can we get Paul Walker back and we give you guys Jared Leto death? Let's make out this deal, man. Let's do this trade. I'm kidding, but not really. But kind of, not really. (laughs) Jared Leto, yeah, he's a decent guy. His Joker, complete shit. So anyway, um, uh, so so thirty seconds to Mars. Go ahead. So it's it says uh, so since we're making jokes right uh, the humor in this the humor in this film is so weird it might take an eleven year old uh, it might make an eleven year old laugh but the problem is it's too violent for that age group anyway in summary if you like the mindless violence and crash jokes then uh, in a fantasy setting uh, go watch this uh, the action scenes were a little too silly. Bad guys with guns running right up to the heroes before discharging their weapons, only to be thwarted at the last second by a melee countermeasure. As a gun guy, I can tell you that you shoot from a distance because one, it's your biggest advantage, and two, who the hell wants to get splattered in blood? This is the guy that did the shooting at Vegas. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah. This is the the sniper from ba- Vegas. I think that's right in the comment for one. Of course they're not going to do... The, for one, this is comic book movie. Yeah. Remember, and people, this is a comic book movie. This is not a documentary. So how <laughs> many, uh, let's say, like, fun, like, Batman films have you seen where, where you know, there are certain things that you could just see happen in the movie, and you're like, oh, well, that's how you'd kill Batman. 
right there. Why didn't he do it? And it's like, well, for one, it's a comic book, and for two, it's a movie. Right. It's like, yeah, sure, he could have had like a, you know, he could have like dropped a nuke on him or something. Like, you'd think of any stupid ass thing to win the fight. Like, but they're inside of a movie. Right. And this is one also narrated by Harley Quinn herself, which is kind of the same thing like Deadpool does in his thing. Yeah. Which means she's telling the story of something that's happened. So that doesn't mean it actually happened exactly like she's telling it. Yeah. It's just you're seeing it how she's telling it. Yeah, it's um uh what what's the the there's a term for that. It's um shit, what is it called? Like un unverified unverified narrator or yeah. shit. You know what I'm talking about? Where yeah, it's yeah, like I know you, what you're you, talking about. It's like the that's person that's narrating, you can't completely trust what they're saying because they're probably embellishing some shit. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Anytime there's a narrator to a comic book movie, that means you're seeing the story as they're telling it. You're not seeing the story in truth. So, you know, Harley Quinn's insane. Right. She literally can be, and here's here's a film theory, I guess. A film theory. A film theory. <laughs> uh, she could literally be in a padded cell while she's telling this entire story and it never even happened. Right. It could be all in her head while she's going crazy. She is insane. Right. We know this this part for a fact, and she is narrating this story. So you could tell me at the end of this movie that she's just sitting there in a padded cell playing out, you know, uh, storylines in her head, and then it makes sense because we know for a fact she is insane. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is it's like if you, <laughs> if you have a it movie... It basically could be the plot to Sucker Punch. Right, yeah, yeah. Because um, in that, it was all just a fantasy anyway. Yeah, it's all right? in their heads. Yeah. Because uh, she's like it's basically dying one cancer, flew over right? the cuckoo's nest. No, she she gets put in like in a Santa asylum. It's basically oh, one right. flew over the cuckoo's nest, um, but like with more graphics. That's basically what that's like. <laughs> I've never heard that comparison before. <laughs> Imagine that on the box. It's like... It, it's like this movie is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest with like a $100 million budget. <laughs> it is. You remember watching One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, right? Yes. Like, it's like a long-ass time ago. But it's yeah. an Oscar-worthy movie. Jack Nicholson, he, he Oh, died. it's fucking great. Yeah, it's yeah, a great he, movie. He gets a lobotomy at the end of the movie about this, the, the fucking crazy nurse. And he goes crazy. And then the Native American dude, he, you know, he suffocates him with a pillow and he escapes. He kills him. It's actually supposed to be like a happy ending. Right. Um, because the Native American guy, he actually escapes the insane asylum because, you know, and also Clint Eastwood totally stole that ending on Million Million Dollar Baby. Um, <laughs> uh, Theft, we're calling you out, Eastwood. It's the same ending. Like, he, he, he kills her, you know, after she's paralyzed or whatever, and then he goes off and, you know, you never hear from him again. It's the same ending. Um, but anyway, uh, like, like Sucker Punch is basically the same thing. Like in the, you know, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, they have all these adventures and all this kind of stuff that they do and freedoms and stuff. And then you get back to the real world and you realize things aren't as great. And then this happens and that happens. And then, you know, it's almost the same thing. It's just like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that costs like a hundred million dollars. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> but the other thing too is that like if you're if you're watching an action sequence and it's like especially like when um when Harley gets into the police precinct because she's looking for the diamond and she gets in there with the um it's like that uh, that really crazy shotgun she's got with the beanbag is the beanbag yeah beanbag shotgun I would have felt like Harley Quinn would have just had like a gun. Yeah, but, but I guess uh, she just didn't feel like murdering a bunch of cops. Right, yeah. She just wanted to disable them with some like really high-powered beanbags to the face and chest and whatnot. And it was fun but to watch. It was fun to watch. But my thing is is like if you're watching the action sequence and you see Harley like, you know, beating these dudes up and all this kind of stuff and then somebody just pulls a gun and shoots her. It's the end of the movie. It's like you have to you have to set up these fight sequences where it's like it's gonna end up being more of a melee thing because Harley normally doesn't use guns. I don't. Does she even use a gun at any point in this movie? I guess at the very end she does when she tries to shoot Black Mask. Yeah, but, but that's not. She normally doesn't use guns. She usually likes to do more personal, uh, more personal up and close forms of violence. You know. Yeah. She's yeah. not really like a gun person. So if she's fighting against people that have guns or whatever, she's going to try to close the distance and, and, and that kind of thing. And it's like the movie would be over if everybody was just like, oh, there's Harley Quinn, and just shoots her. It's like the movie's over with. You have yeah. to... So you're like, oh, well, why doesn't someone just shoot her? It's like, okay, let's say we did Jerb movie then. <laughs> All right, we're going to start the movie and Harley Quinn's doing this awesome shit and someone just like shoots her in the head like 25 minutes in the movie and you're like, better movie. Yeah. That's so realistic, man. I'm glad they made this movie realistic. I'm glad and they made like this movie. They just, they just blew fucking Margot Robbie's head off in the first 25 minutes. Sweet, man. This is No one shit. would fucking like that movie. No. They would it's... just be like, this movie's fucking garbage. You just killed Holly Quinn in the first 25 minutes. So, you know what? Realism be damned. We're trying to watch something that's entertainment. Right. So, if you want to go watch realism, go watch the fucking pianist or that <laughs> fucking boring shit. I mean, uh, no one asked you to watch this movie. They fucking broke out the pianist. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I was not expecting that. Um. Yeah, no one asked you to watch this movie. This is an action comic book movie. If you want realism, you know, go somewhere else for that. Yeah, you can take that shit somewhere else. They make fucking hundreds of documentaries of you a year. If you just want pure realism, go watch that bullshit. Right. And that's, that always bothers me whenever I see people that are complaining about the merits of, like, you know, fantasy movies and stuff. And like comic book movies, and they're like, "Well, that's not very realistic." Well, if you if you had guns and stuff, you just fucking shoot them. It's like, it's like you got you're not understanding the point. I mean, it does it's like comic books are set up for a certain way so that they can tell stories over years. If you kill the characters based on realism in like three issues, you're not making any fucking money. Yeah, you see, you're not selling it. You know, that's the reason why Joker and Batman are always fighting each other because they know that if they fight each other over 200 issues of a comic book, that's more money in their pocket. <laughs> you can see Warner Brothers being like, you know what's a great idea? Margot Robbie just pissed us a badass Birds of Prey film, but realistic. I mean, she would die in like the first 25 minutes, so we're gonna kill her. Right. She's done. No more money. We're fucking geniuses. Yeah. 
We we cared we just, more about realism than cash. We just X'd out Margot Robbie, <laughs> one of the best actresses in Hollywood. But you know what I say? Fuck her. <laughs> We're going to make this movie a short uh, and prove to all those fucking haters online that we can make a movie that's realistic. We made it realistic and everybody would be like, ah, who cares? This is just shit. Like, like no one would even comment about it. It'd be like, yeah, we made the most realistic DC movie ever and everyone died in like the first 20 minutes. And everybody's like, yeah, I don't care. This is just dumb. Hey, when is, uh, when is the fucking Doctor Strange and the when fucking... The multiverse the thing multiverse come out where doing shit all come this out? fucking shit? And it's like, oh, it's like, that's not realistic at all. It's like, yeah, we don't... We, yeah, but it's cool. Yeah, and oh, you know, fuck! We you listen know. to you trolls! It's like, yeah, they're just trolls, man. They're just trolls. Right, and the thing is, is like, yeah, it's like none of these comic book movies have realism. I mean, the idea that you could have a giant purple ball sack that destroys half the universe, that's <laughs> not realistic either. Yeah, Bruce Willis Pokemon fucking fucks everyone up. And, and <laughs> that's, that's still some good movies. I mean, it's not realistic. Even the Titan thing. Even if... They would have used up most of the resources and stuff. They wouldn't have all died. That's not realistic. His whole planet story is unrealistic. Right. They wouldn't have just ate every... The, the planet just wouldn't have died on its own unless his fucking core died. Right. It still would have produced food. Just some people would have died of starvation like they do every day in this fucking planet. Right. And we don't have a bunch of stones to balance things out. Yeah, um, he was a side, like people's like you know what Thanos is right. If you kill everyone, like that would be the answer, <laughs> or like half of everyone is like, are you insane? That would fix nothing, literally nothing. It right? Would, it would destroy. It would literally destroy the planet. It would destroy a lot of planets, <laughs> at least the people on those planets for sure. Especially since all life, like he wipes out half of all life. Like birds come back and shit whenever the snaps reverse. Right. He fucking killed. Like, food sources. Right. Animals <laughs> that people use to eat. That would have been, like, half of all squirrels. You know, the pe- the fucking animals that, that, that plant most the forest in uh, North America. Right. He would have killed half of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and then that forestation wouldn't have got planted because, you know, most forestation is planted by squirrels hiding nuts and they forget where it is. Right. That's where a lot of oak trees come from. Fucking squirrels. They just, they got drunk and forgot where they left their shit. Well, they plant so much to bury it. Yeah, they can't remember all the different... They can't remember everything. Yeah, because they have squirrel brain. They have squirrel brain, which is like the size of a fucking nut. Right. (laughs) D's nuts. D's Uh, nuts. D's nuts be hiding. (laughs) D's nuts be hiding. That's a that's a great T-shirt. Like if you go to the pool, you know, and it's cold, it just says "D's nuts behind." <laughs> there you go, Teespring. Hook us up with some T-shirts. I thought you were gonna say this would be a good slogan for this movie. D's nuts behind. D's nuts be hiding, and just show you and McGregor <laughs> from this movie on there. Yeah, that that also kind of works too. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, to get into like the last uh, comment, and this one's. This one's like a full paragraph, so I got a little bit to read here. But uh, but it says, basically, this is a movie where the characters go from place to place without a motivation because the plot is a pathetic excuse to push an agenda. Not that weird these days. Of course, every man is super evil, and of course, every woman is perfect in this movie. No flaws. A perfect Mary Sue that doesn't need nothing and nobody. 
None of the main characters faces any challenge or any type of struggle whatsoever. No character growth or interesting plot line. This movie is just brainless and stagnant. I heard a lot about the difficulties they had filming this and the director melting down and it shows in the finished product. I don't even know where to start about the horrible costume design and the poor lighting that often makes the stunning in real life Margot Robbie look like she's aging poorly. <laughs> Suicide Squad had its issues, but overall it was a fun and enjoyable movie with characters I rooted for. The film manages to tear down what was really great uh, what was great about the reimagining of the Joker and Harley in that movie and turn Harley into yet another bitter single woman with anger issues. I can see that at the supermarket, and it won't cost me eight dollars. <laughs> wow, the agent poorly Margot Robbie. This dude, this dude must look great, right? Did so I'm gonna assume a... that this guy looks like fucking Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Does this dude? Did he post a picture of his six pack abs? Could he pull Margot Robbie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure none of these people could. No, I mean, I'm pretty sure this guy, he wrote this comment about her her, yeah, her looks and how she's aging poorly. Yeah. He can, he he fucks Margot Robbie's on the reg, right? Right. I don't even know how to start about the terrible costume design and the poor lighting that often makes the stunning in real life Mrs. Robbie look like she's aging poorly. So the, the thing about that particular sentence is like, okay... So you're saying that because they lighted it weird or like some of it takes place at like a, there's chunks of it that take place at night though. And it's like, yeah, lighting is lighting in a nighttime scene is going to be a lot different and you're going to look a lot different. Plus, she's also wearing heavy, heavy amounts of makeup, <laughs> like a lot of makeup. Yeah, copious. Amounts. Yeah, like like a fucking copious amounts of makeup to make her look like Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn always has the makeup and she always kind of looks like a little bit of a mess. Maybe not so much in the original, like in the, the animated show because, you know, it was a drawing and, you know, her paint always looked like symmetrical and everything. But in the movie, she's going to look like a little bit of a mess because her makeup is going to get messed up as she goes throughout the movie and like her eyeliner and all that kind of stuff. But the the thing, the thing that always gets me about like when people complain about these movies, I'll get into the feminist part of it here in a second. But the one thing that, that always gets me is when people want to critique the lighting choices. And this is something that uh, Steve's own brother-in-law will bring up in a movie that he didn't like the cinematography and the lighting. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, some of the camera angles weren't great. I was like, who the fuck are you? You, you never <laughs> want to... Like, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, I didn't realize that we had a fucking cinematographer here. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I, Wait, I how many it... years of film school have you went to? <laughs> oh, zero. Yeah. Zero. These are the these. This is the same motherfucker that watches Salt Bay on YouTube and thinks he understands how to fucking cook something. You don't have to put salt on ribs. <laughs> it's pork. It's pork. It's already salty. You don't have that. That fucking video is dumb as shit. <laughs> don't put salt on ribs. You're gonna die, son. <laughs> it's way too much sodium. That should be a t-shirt. <laughs> don't, don't put salt on it. Don't listen to Salt Bay. Yeah. He's just a guy that looks cool putting salt on shit. That's <laughs> way too much salt on that shit. And they're like, oh yeah, let's, let's cook ribs like Salt Bay. It's like, this tastes like fucking straight. This tastes like the ocean. <laughs> 
This fucking meat tastes like the ocean, man. Yeah. It's fucking pork. <laughs> it's salty already. <laughs> I think Steve's salty about seeing that shit. That's he, fucking pissing off. Say salt bay's a hat. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, it's, it always pisses me off when people want to talk about, like, the cinematography and the lighting and the camera angles and shit. And it's like, why the fuck are you worried about that? That's how the director wanted to do the movie. And the lighting, it's like, so you're telling me that you, Joe fucking anybody on IMDb, talking about the lighting knows more about how to light a movie than somebody who does it professionally for large studios like Warner fucking Brothers? Yeah, for real. It's like, get it's fucked. Like, it's he, like the lens flare things with uh, J.J. Abrams. Abrams. Yeah, people are like, it's just too many fucking lens flares. And it's like, I mean, but realistically, it, it does make sense. Yeah, it's probably annoying to look at, you know, but it's like, it, it makes sense. It didn't bother me. People, when people said it, I was, I was like, oh yeah, he does use those. But... When I watched the movie, I didn't even, like... I mean, I've seen that movie probably, like, 58 times. <laughs> the, that's the 09 Star Trek. I love that fucking movie. And it's like, I've seen it so many damn times that I'm like, hey, believe me, you don't even notice the lens flares after a while. You just... Because you're you're in the story. If you're, if you're not a complete fuckboy, you're watching the movie for the story and what's going on. And you're not watching and going like, oh, that's bullshit. Why do they have all these fucking stupid lens flares in this movie? I don't even care about this movie anymore because the cinematography is just ass. It's like, how much of a fucking elitist fucking like, movie snob oh, are you? Why Quentin Tarantino use that fucking hallway angle in Pulp Fiction, man? Learn how to direct the movie. That shit's iconic. That's fucking one of the most copied fucking... That, that fucking sitting camera while they're like... Like walking while like everything's like happening when it just has like it just like sitting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the most copied camera angles in like fucking all of cinema, and people complained about that. Right. You know, and it, it, that's the it's it's like uh, it, it always gets me when people want to complain about stuff like that because it's like. Who the fuck are you to complain about the cinematography and shit and the lighting, you know? And you, you hear these people sometimes that are like, yeah, but I didn't really like the sound mix. It's like, motherfucker, are you a Foley artist? Shut the fuck up about the sound mix. It's fine. Like, people always complain about this shit. And it's like, so you're telling me that because you didn't agree, you fucking Joe fucking fuckboy went on IMDb and complained about the cinematography and the lighting in a movie that make did you think makes Margot Robbie looks like she's aging poorly and you're going to give it a one star rating for that. So somebody reading through or somebody looking through that's like, oh yeah, the Birds of Prey movie, like it's on uh, HBO Max now. I wonder, you know, what that movie's like. And they go on IMDb and they see all these one star ratings and they're like, oh, I guess that movie was kind of shit. Maybe I'll just bypass it. And one of the reasons why is because you have dick faces like this that are talking about the lighting makes Margot Robbie look like she's aging poorly. Is that yeah. really worth a one-star rating? Get I fucked. think he was really uh, pissed because um, this was directed by, by a woman and not a man that made her look like a prostitute in the movie that right. he directed her. I wanted her to look like the whore that she was in Suicide Squad. I need to save me some titties or at least some ass. Yeah, David Ayers had her <laughs> had fucking ass cheeks hanging out in her fucking entire cleavage show. And this, they actually made her look like Harley Quinn. Right. And also, like Steve pointed out, that I thought it was cool that like her, 
her uh, it says, her her shirt says Harley fucking Quinn on it. Yeah, it says yeah. Harley fucking Quinn. Right, and it's like it's you know instead of like Gucci or something all over yeah. like an outfit, it says, it says Harley, Harley fucking, fucking Quinn. Quinn. They need to actually sell that. DC, you need to team up with some kind of clothing manufacturer and make those fucking shirts because I guarantee you there is plenty of people that would buy it, men and women. Yeah, um, and you talk about Margot Robbie. There's no replacement for that. Right. Although, if you do want to watch the animated series with uh, Kelly Kyoko, it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I still need to check that out. I think I have it. It's an R version. She's the Poison Ivy, which is before you guys blow up. And like, oh, they're making Harley Quinn a lesbian now? She has always, always kind of been bi. Uh, and her and Poison Ivy is one of the most iconic like love stories in <gasps> all of uh, DC canon. So Yeah. But uh, the other thing, uh, which is uh, uh, the uh, Mary Sue effect that everybody says that, like, all the women, uh, because it's like all the women in this movie are uh, awesome and have no flaws, you know, perfect Mary Sues, and all the men in this movie are, like, you know, asshole, evil pieces of shit, Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, for one... Every time that you have a movie that it's has... It's like the reverse of the Bible, by the way. Right. <laughs> um, right. All women are evil in the Bible. Right, yeah. Um, so we're just you know, you're just trying to balance things out, right? Um, TC's like the anti-Bible. Right. <laughs> They're the Antichrist. Um, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> TC's the Antichrist. DC is the Antichrist. Uh, but... Um... <laughs> oh, God, we're going to get so sued by DC... Uh, nobody... I, I thought we were saying that in a positive manner. Uh, yeah, like, I guess so. Yeah, I guess like that's Bruce, positive. <laughs> like Bruce Manor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, um, but uh, any time that you have one of, the, like, one of these movies that's predominantly women cast, like Steve watched the Charlie's Angels movie, the one that uh, Elizabeth Banks did with like uh, Kristen Stewart and... I uh, forget the other two. The one girl was in the Aladdin movie. She yeah. was Jasmine. And I forget who the other girl was. They were all um, good in it. But Steve watched the Charlie's Angels movie and he was like, I don't know what people didn't like about this movie. It was cool. You know, and I'm like, I didn't, I'm, I, I'll probably eventually watch that movie uh, because mm-hmm. I, I don't hate Kristen Stewart, you know, and I like Elizabeth Banks. So I'm like, I'm willing to give it a shot, you know. Uh, but it's like anytime you have like these these Patrick like Stewart <laughs> oh Patrick Stewart oh well then I have to watch it now um, but anytime you have like those kind of movies right where it's like it's like a group of females uh, even the Ghostbusters movie in the Ghostbusters movie you know it, it's a different scenario but some people were like hating on it just simply because it was all women and it's like that's not that's not a reason to hate it because it was all females it was just badly written. They tried to make every character like Venkman, and not everybody can be Venkman. Venkman's one type of character. But the thing, you look at a movie like this, which is like a girl team-up movie, and then everybody's like, they don't have any flaws. They're perfect. Harley Quinn fucks up several times in this movie. She has nothing but hardship to go through. Like, she drinks way too fucking much, you know? Like, she she has a lot of character flaws. That's the point about Harley Quinn. She Harley drinks Quinn way is not too a... much, or if you're going by Australian standards, not enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're Irish, that was just uh, that was weak shit. Um, she didn't get into enough fights, right? But that's the thing is that Harley Quinn. The reason that people or like her is because she was, she's flawed. Or if she was, uh, you know, Iranian, she didn't blow up enough shit. <laughs> oh God! Now we're gonna get fucking blown up, great, Steve. Uh, <laughs> fucking claiming jihad in a basement in Alabama. Um, that's fucking great. Uh, <laughs> Put a jihad on you. <laughs> but uh um yeah, but the, that's the thing is that like everybody always looks at these movies and they're like well they have no character flaws they don't do anything wrong and it's like did you actually watch the movie you know it's like uh, black canary like she spends like a good chunk of the movie trying to figure out like if she really wants to be like the driver like the henchwoman mm-hmm. basically for black mask and, you know, she doesn't always make, like, the best decisions. It's like Huntress. I mean, she's going around, like, you know, killing all these dudes. And it's like, yeah, she's a badass. But, you know, she's vulnerable, too. And the only reason that they survive at the end is because they work together. And that's that's one of the things that's like, I think what, what it is is you have a lot of these guys that watch this movie. And they're so fucking insecure that they're like... Why the hell is it that all these men are fucking horrible in these movies? Why do they have all these movies where men are assholes? Men are assholes in real life. You see men that are assholes everywhere. You see women that are assholes everywhere. Like, you know, this whole Karen meme thing that's going around. The the Karens, those are asshole women that are just causing, like, fucking problems for people for no reason. You know, I want to see your manager and all this kind of stuff. And it's like... You can't just say that these characters, because it is a movie that is led by females, that they are just perfect angels and they don't do anything wrong and everything ends well because girl power and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, look, there's a lot of girls that look up to a character like Harley Quinn because, you know, especially in this movie. Baseball bats are cool. Baseball bats are the shit. And, you know, it's, it's also kind of like a thing of like, hey, don't be stuck on your exes. You can have your own life. You know, like it's a people have a big issue with female empowerment for some reason. And I don't know. I I still have been trying. I've been trying to figure out like what it is about some of these fucking dudes that go on IMDb and they complain about a movie having women in it. And they are just the the difference with somebody like Ray, for example, is Ray in Star Wars very much is a Mary Sue character because she she never really has anything that she struggles with. She kind of is that stereotype, right? That's why a lot of people don't like Rey as a character because they're like, she never really has to grow. She's well, the same at the end of that trilogy as she is in the beginning. She just understands more about the Force and she has a lightsaber now. But she never really goes through, like, you know, the kind of shit that, like, Harley Quinn does in this movie. Going from being, you know, broke, you know, breaking out the Joker, basically, like, you know, I'm not dealing with you anymore. I'm breaking up with you. I don't want to be around you. And then just kicked her out. And then her having to, to figure out how to deal with her life and, and everything and what she wants to be, what she wants to do, you know. Well, I mean, the difference between those characters is it'd be different in Star Wars if they had characters... That were just ungodly all the way through, and that was already established. But you never seen that until Ray, right? Because <clears throat> even Anakin, he wasn't like that. He wasn't like, 
Oh yeah, Anakin's some unstoppable force from beginning to end. He yeah, was, he wasn't like this amazing, awesome super god that could do everything. It wasn't just like, hey, let's make Rey like Anakin. And it's like, if they would have done that, I would be like, okay, fine. But they didn't. They were just like, yeah, Rey's just unstoppable. You remember like Anakin in like the third movie? Yeah, she's just like that from the first movie to her last movie. It's like, oh. But does she like lose like... Anakin did in the third movie? No, no, we skipped that part. She's just like third third movie greatness, and then just great. Yeah, and that's I think that's the thing is that like because people didn't see you know Harley or you know people didn't see Ray go through those you know those tribulations and the trials and that kind of stuff that you know they have like these I you know it's like it it definitely makes that character feel a lot weaker because when you see, you know, somebody like Poe Dameron, right? Like his character, he has to go, you know, from being like this completely, you know, badass pilot that like saves the day to being kind of, you know, some people would say like emasculated in front of the rest of the crew because of the decision that he made, you know, with the bombers to try and, you know, to go in and attack that dreadnought and that kind of thing. And it's like, there's, it's i think that there's there's something that's like really fucked up about some guys that there are that they are affected by seeing a movie that has women doing cool kick-ass shit there's something about you you're insecure as fuck if you can't watch a movie like this and go like it's just fun it's a cool movie and the other thing too, like you were saying before, is that like this this entire movie is narrated by Harley Quinn, right? Yeah. So if Harley Quinn comes out better in this movie than perhaps she might have been in real life, guess who's telling the fucking story? <laughs> she oh, okay. is. So she's probably embellishing some things to make herself look, you know, like she's a little bit more uh, you know, she's not as bad as some people might make her out to be. Because this is done through her point of view, right? I mean, the subtitle is talking about her emancipation, you know? And it's like she's going to be uh, she's gonna be putting this movie out from her point of view. And there is something really fucked up about these men that go on IMDb and talk about how, you know, all this is just some feminist propaganda bullshit. And it's like, at some point, we have to get... At some point, we have to say to ourselves that we just need to enjoy movies and not make everything about fucking gender politics and and feminazi bullshit and feminism and all this kind of stuff. Feminism is is a cool thing for women because it empowers them to to try and gain equality and that kind of stuff. And then, are you they... know what? Maybe we should. Maybe we should just go ahead and make a statement out here and say, you men that just wanna. Bitch about every female uh, movie role that ever happens, ever. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. And you're just like, okay, I'm tired of the feminist bullshit. What? Tired of what feminist bullshit? Oh, that they they get to be in movies now as the starring character? And they get paid pretty well to be main characters? If you don't like it, then fuck off. Right. And if you are one of those people who's like, you liked us before now on this show, but you don't like that we're taking a pro-feminist agenda right now, then you know what? 
Fuck off. You can get fucked too. <laughs> I don't care. The whole point of this show is that we're trying to get beyond the hate. And it, it doesn't... To me, it's like, I don't look at a movie that's run, that's like a bunch of like women teaming up and think like, oh God, this is a bunch of feminist bullshit right here. Like when I heard that they were talking about doing that A-Force movie that's like uh, Shuri from Black Panther, uh, Scarlet Witch, um, I think Black Widow's supposed to be in it too, maybe, uh, but I know Captain Marvel's supposed to be yeah. in that, and I'm like, oh, totally cool seeing that, because Shuri's like one of my favorite characters from Black Panther. Because the first thing you'll hear is like, yeah, but why would they do that though? And it's like, look, who cares why? Let's just get these women in a movie. If they want to be in a movie together, let them be in a movie together. Who cares why? Right. Let's just do it. It's Look, if you want to watch dude movies, there's fucking a hundred years worth of dude movies that you can go fucking watch. Right. There's not very many women movies that you can go watch. And honestly, I'm just... Sometimes I'm just fucking sick of looking at dudes. <laughs> yeah. I want to see stuff like this, like Harley Quinn and stuff like that. And I want to enjoy that we're kind of progressing as a culture instead of just listening to people like you. And it's just like, oh, uh, you know, the, 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 the little teen girl, she's the one that beat... Black Mass, that's bullshit in the comic books, blah, 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 blah. Who cares? Right. Ewan McGregor wasn't going to come back to be in any other movies for this. This was a one-off for him, so you might as well kill him. Right. And I I, th- I think that, yeah, that's, that's the thing is that, like, it, not only do you see that there is uh, more movies like the Charlie's Angels movie and this movie... And other movies that have, like... Uh, or even Spice World. You can go back to the fucking Spice World movie. And uh, it's like the Charlie's Angels movies like, that, you, that you talk about. It's like, yeah, is it a pro-feminist movie? Absolutely is. it is. Yeah. Does it throw in your face a little bit? Yeah, it does. But deal with it. Yeah. Because that's why they casted Kristen Stewart. Because she was one of those actresses that was like, yeah, I am pro-feminist. And if you have a problem with it, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Right. I've already dealt dealt with this stuff, and she dealt with her sexuality whenever she was she got fucking, you know, f- torched by cheating on Robert Pattinson stuff. And Robert Pattinson and her are still friends because she's not actually straight, and he helped her get there. Like even after the cheating stuff, you know, uh, she she's a lesbian. She she is a lesbian now. She she figured herself out throughout all these years. And then you know, in Charlie's Angels, and now, you know, uh, you get to you get to see stuff like that. So, you know, if you don't like it, fuck off. Right. I don't care. And and the I guess like the last point that I would make is that it, the fact that you have these movies now that come out that are you know primarily female led casts. The fact that you have these now, it's opening up more opportunities for women in Hollywood because it used to be back in the day that, you know, women rarely got the starting the starring role in um, in a major movie. Sigourney Weaver in Alien, that was about as big as you could have gotten back in the day. You know, Jamie the fact, Lee Curtis in Halloween. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis in Halloween. You know, um, Linda Hamilton in the Terminator movies. 
you, you had a lot of these. But like, the fact um, that we can only name so few is just right. a disgrace. Kate Beckinsale in the Underworld movies. Yeah, and that, that's that's fairly recent. Mila Jovovich in Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Like this is this is still too few people. Right, and we're only the, talking about women being featured, like the feature part of a movie. Alien was 1979. That's not and that long ago. And we're not talking ago. about rom-coms either. Yeah. Because there's always a female character in rom-coms. Because they have to be the love interest, right? But they're barely ever the star because there's the you know there there's always like a dickheaded dude and there's like some bitch ex always in the character. You and then know, you have the wholesome guy like Tom then, Hanks or something. And then the mom's always like some dummy. Right, like, yeah. and, and the teenage love stories, the mom's a dummy and the dad's awesome. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, that, uh-huh. that was always the teenage thing. The mom's always like some stuck up or she's a dummy, and the dad's always cool as shit. Right. Always. The dad is cool as shit. The mom's never cool as shit. She's either dumb or stuck up. Right. The dad's always cool in those rom-coms. Or even if you yeah. look at someone like Family Guy, it, you know, it's like you could kind of say the same thing with like Peter and Lois. Uh, maybe. A little bit. Maybe. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's just an animated thing. Uh, I'm not really talking about the animated movies. I'm talking about the live action stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, um, yeah. The live action stuff, you know, like, like Clueless. There's no mom to be found. The dad's cool as shit. Right. But that's another movie too. Like we we covered Clueless in an episode before. But it is a feminist movie because yeah. it's a female led cast. You have Alicia Silverstone. You have Brittany Murphy. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Brittany Murphy. Um, you know you have Paul Rudd and you have um, uh, uh shit. Uh, what's the the girl that played Dion? Um, Stacy Dash. <laughs> Stacy Dash, sorry we we drew a blank. We yeah, definitely been, know who you are. We've been drinking, and you're 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 amazing in that movie. You're you're one of the the, the main actresses in that movie, right? And you know um, the original Craft movie. Well, even the new Craft movie, the original Craft movie from 1996. Yeah, you have all female led movie. Yeah, yeah, you have Faruza Balk, Faruza Balk, Robin Tunney, Robin Tunney. You have Nev Campbell, Nev Campbell, and um, uh, oh shit. Oh, man. I forget the other. Uh, that's another female-led movie. Damn it, I forget the other. <laughs> Just, that's okay. Sometimes um, we're gonna forget. We we're not a yeah. fucking, and we're not you know, you know how did this get made or something. We don't have people handing research to us. And right. Stuff. We we're just doing this off the top of our head. We but that's have, one of my favorite movies. We don't have movies eighteen is, fucking researchers. Right. <laughs> but that's one of my favorite uh, you know movies though, as far as like kind of supernatural type movies, is The Craft. I love that movie. The Craft is an amazing. It's movie. a fucking awesome movie. We actually covered the original Craft movie. Hell, who knows? We might cover the second one if it becomes affordable. I really affordable. want to. Uh, yeah, it's um, like twenty five dollars right now. We're not doing. That. We're not doing Unless that. You guys shit. want to donate that? to us and we'll, we'll and then we'll, we'll we'll cover that movie uh yeah. but and, uh yeah so yeah if you guys donate it to us we'll definitely cover uh the craft legacy um movie but anyway um like we 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 started this show originally the years ago that we started it um because of the star wars prequels and uh ghost in the shell yeah the 2017 um, ghost in the shell that everybody wanted to shit on because they're like, it doesn't make sense that Scarlett Johansson's playing 
the major, and it's like. But we've we've we we've defended plenty of uh, female-led movies since we started this show, and we'll yeah. continue to to defend them. And if you don't like it, you can you can not listen to us. I don't care because we're gonna keep going. You can just be like, oh, you know, me not listening to you is gonna hurt you somehow. It's not. It's not gonna hurt us at all. No, we gives no fuck. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like. We're not a bunch of we're not like dudes that look at like you know uh, they look at these movies and it's like yeah get woke go broke it's like we don't look at shit that way we like the idea that like female directors can actually get opportunities now more than just like one in like twenty years because you know years ago also, it was only Catherine Bigelow that could actually get anything done as yeah, a director and also if the female directors fell just like the male directors will say something about it yeah I'd be like yeah the movie wasn't that good and it's like oh but she's a female you guys always defend them and it's like it's no like, if you do a shit job as a director we're gonna say yeah this movie wasn't that great yeah, we're you know? not just defending you for the sake of defending you. We're saying this movie is, is is good and the next movies that are good, this is just good. It's not like this movie is going to keep somebody else from making a movie. There's there's thousands upon thousands of movies made every year. Right. This is just means more movies, more different type of movies get to be made. Right, we get to That's see different stuff. That's why it's so awesome when, you know, like minorities get direct movies, like... You know, like uh, Jordan Peele and stuff like that, that that the newly got into directing since his Ryan show Coogler. ended. Yeah, Ryan Coogler and stuff. Now now we get to see different stuff. Like, we get to see... Like, I don't know about you, but I, I've always loved cinema. And, and now that there's different people that get to do this, that means we get to see different stuff. And we get to see the imagination of this person and this person and this minority and this... You know, these females and these, you yeah. know, even, even, you know, I'm not saying like, I'm only, I'm watching everything, like Christopher Nolan movies and everything. Like this is. I've become a big is, fan of Taika Waititi. Yeah. Taika Waititi. He's a New Zealander. Awesome. Yeah. He's know? a New Zealander And I'm pretty guy. sure he was probably inspired by Peter Jackson, who was also a New Zealander. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like to see all this stuff come together in this collaboration and, Maybe there'll be a day where there's not there's not a, a such thing as, as feminism because there's no need for it. Right. There's just there's just equality and you know everything's not no, there doesn't have to be you know something that has to tell you that Black Lives Matter and then 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 someone to explain to you why this doesn't mean that you know all lives doesn't matter but but the, the the black lives are just getting slaughtered in the streets by our cops that's why this is something that's you know this is, there there's going to be a day where we don't have to explain stuff anymore hopefully right hopefully to, yeah hopefully we'll see it in our lifetime and but i know it got a little political towards the end but i'm just i'm kind of in that headspace where i'm just like hopefully you know, there is a day that feminism doesn't exist because it doesn't have to. Because we just, they just get opportunities just like everyone and, else. Women in Hollywood can get, you know, they can get big paydays just like the men do. They can get directorial roles without having to, you know, have have it be like a big thing. It should just be normal. Yeah, you it's know? like, well, this is a woman movie, so let's put a woman in charge. And it's like, that just does not sound good when you say it out loud. Even when you're talking about, you know, comic book movies, it's like, well, this is one of the girl characters. 
Put a girl director over there. Yeah. Because you know that's how the meetings are going right now. Right. They're like, well, this is uh, Wonder Woman, so we need to get a woman to direct this movie because it's about a strong female. And it's like a dude probably could have directed a Wonder Woman movie too, but Patty Jenkins fucking killed it in that first movie. Yeah, And exactly. I want to see it Wonder should... Woman 84 because I thought the first one was really good. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's going to be good, but like this thing, like there needs to be a day... And it should have been already. Women should be able to get more role. They should be able to get more directorial roles than just female movies. You know, like if you're like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, like, uh, you know, say we're going to have, you know, somebody like Elizabeth Banks, you know, who we know is, is pretty good at, you know, doing production and stuff like that, that we're going to get her to do like, um, I don't know, something like she gets to end up doing like a, uh, like a Deadpool movie at some point or something. That would be interesting to see. I'm not saying that would happen necessarily, but that would be pretty cool to see. It's like, well, okay, so it's a movie that isn't a, nothing but a bunch of women, and we got a, we got a woman director to do it. It's like, no, it's just a movie that has yeah. female and male characters in it, and we hired a woman to direct it because she was good for this movie. Maybe she had already written part of the script herself or something, or you know, we feel like she's going to bring in a good take to this. But and you're she's... absolutely correct because it does seem like they're only casting, they're only hiring women directors to direct like female-led movies mm-hmm. and not the male-led movies, right? Which they're just as capable of doing, and vice versa. And that's kind of a problem to me. Men aren't being able, to, men aren't being given, you know, the option of doing like an all-female-led cast because everybody would just say like, oh, well, they're just trying to sexualize everything. They're going to make all the women sluts. Everybody would have all these stereotypes Well, I think David Ayer is the problem that started that with the Suicide Squad by putting Harley Quinn in those little booty shorts and having her tits hanging out. Right. Through the with whole the daddy's suicide. little monster. Yeah, sure. Yeah, daddy's little monster. And they that's just a made fetish. Like a little sh- yeah, that's, he jacked off to that in his trailer. <laughs> Look, David Ayer, whenever you came out with that movie, you came out publicly and said, fuck Marvel, and all they did was crush you after that. Right. Like, all they did was make a billion or two for every movie they came after Suicide Squad. You did nothing to Marvel. So, fuck who now? You fucked yourself. Right. You didn't even get to direct the next Suicide Squad. Because DC was embarrassed by you. Right. For how you acted in public after you came up with that. Straight Maybe, jackass. Yeah, yeah, you were a straight jackass, and you were a good director. Right. You're just a dickhead. Yeah. You shouldn't have said fuck Marvel. You should have just sat back, let people enjoy your movie, and let their opinion that you thought your movie was so good that it was going to take down Marvel. <laughs> put over ten years into their fucking story building, and you just throw a bunch of villains together and think Viola Davis is going to be the next Nick Fury, which she could be, but not in that one movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just think that... I love uh, Viola, Viola Davis. Oh, no, Viola Davis is awesome. Yeah, she's... Uh, if you ever watched the How to Get Away with Murder TV show, she's actually really good I at that. I haven't, but I know she's going to be in the next Suicide Squad movie because that's not anyone that uh, uh, James Gunn replaced. Right. Because she's still going to play the same character in the new Suicide Squad, right? So, and I mean, there was no reason to replace her. She was, you know, she was fine in Suicide Amanda Squad. Waller, she, yeah, she's in Amanda. Wa- yeah, the character of Amanda Waller. She was. And great also, if you want to make a Spawn female, Viola Davis probably. <laughs> 
That would be kind of interesting. I mean, I gueah, Spawn could be uh, Spawn could be female, I guess. I mean, you'd have to change the backstory a lot. Uh, but, probably not though. Uh, I mean, well, but you already, but in like the Spawn series, I know we're off on a tangent. We're gonna stop here in a second. But like in the Spawn series, you do have like Angela though. She's a badass character. Yeah. Um, you know, hmm? you could have a pretty badass character play. I would Angela, still say if I actress. if I was to do a new Spawn movie, I'd probably still get. Um, Michael J. White. I'd probably still get the same uh, person. Michael J. White. I mean, he still looks in great shape. He can still do the stunts. I'd probably literally get the same person. I don't see anybody that that, that even better than that. So, yeah. Uh, probably same person. Yeah. Yeah. And just have a different cast around him. John Leguizamo, you think he could still play Violator? No. You know who... Yeah. You know who I'd get to play... Uh, violator. I'd probably get Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Oh, Peter Dinklage would probably be a great violator. I didn't think of that, but that's actually a good idea. I'd probably get Peter Dinklage to play the violator, and then. Um... See, now I want to cover the Spawn movie. We need to stop before we keep getting more fucking ideas. That's, that's a really good. The idea. Spawn movie. I do like the Spawn movie. I know a lot of people fucking hate that movie. And we can talk about some facts about it because you know, uh, yeah, we know the Spawn. The Spawn. The Spawn. Uh, <laughs> the Spawn. Uh, the Spawn of Satan. Yeah. Um, suck on this, Malbolgia. Uh, but, uh, and I, you know, I I just think that, like, to kind of finish, like, the feminism thing just, just real quickly, it's like, look, if we, if you're, if you're, like, a dad and you have a daughter and you're like, well, I want to take my daughter to go to the movies, but I want her to see something that's, like, cool, that's, you know, cool for, uh, you know, for like girls to see like, Hey, look, you know, you might have challenges and you might make mistakes, but you could still be a good person. Harley Quinn. She's probably not the greatest role model ever because she is a psychopath and she loves hurting and killing people. But some of these people in the movie are kind of, uh, uh, you know, role models like Renee Montoya. Right. Yeah, she is. She's she's a hardworking cop that believes in her job and she believes in, you know, using the law to, to punish criminals and, you know, like she's a good character. I thought Rosie Perez did a good job in this movie. She did a good job as Renee Montoya. Black Canary. Renee you know? Montoya actually in the comic books doesn't speak. She's a she's a speechless character and that's why one of the first lines that you hear her say is, Can I speak? Yeah. That's one of the first lines you hear when all Oh, the that's cool. I didn't know that. Okay. Like in the comic book she doesn't talk. Oh, okay. But in this, she definitely talks because... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Rosie Perez. She's going to talk. <laughs> She's going to talk. Can, I, can yeah. I speak? Right, yeah. Can I speak? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it because, you know, and, you know... It's uh, a nice little Easter egg. Yeah. So that's that's one thing I want to say because her character doesn't speak in the comic book. She's like a mute character, but yeah. in this. But yeah. she's but she you, know, you can look at her as a role model. You, hell, you can even probably look at Huntress as a role model. I mean, she basically it's like yeah she does kill people but all the people that she kills are like fucking crime family assholes yeah she's basically like female arrow yeah that's kind of what i was thinking i was like they kind of doing a little bit of the arrow thing with with that with that character you know that they were trying to kind of play off that is like she's getting revenge she doesn't pussy out and stop killing people she just keeps killing oh yeah no there's no yeah there there's no um there's no stopping the the killing on that one yeah But uh, like, I'm gonna fucking mark some fools. Yeah. But anyway, like crossbow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean this this is definitely a good uh this is definitely a good story for everyone. Like you were saying, like you're you know they they always say if you're 
you know, when you're a parent, you're a father for boys for 18 years and you're a father for daughters for the rest of your life. Right. Uh, uh, at least support wise, because you know, you're always, they're always, they're always going to, you're always going to have more of a connection and want to, you know, but that, that's something that needs to be broken too, probably because you know, women are way more capable than people give them credit for. And, um, Hopefully, they just need opportunities. That's what feminism is about. Yeah, hopefully, eventually we put it into to feminism. Bye, <laughs> bye. <laughs> you know, by not needing it. Yeah. Anymore. You know, because feminism is only a product of cruelty and selfishness and misogyny, and misogyny, and all that kind of stuff. And if you think otherwise, then you know. You're an idiot. Please <laughs> fuck off. Because there's no arguing that. Right. It's true. Look, we're all better if, uh, you know, because like countries that, that provide opportunities to women prosper. That's just a fact. That's a fact. Because Look at what happened when Saudi Arabia finally let women drive. The whole country yeah. like had a complete overhaul. Because women weren't allowed to drive for the longest time because of their laws. And then as soon as women are given the opportunity to drive and be independent and stuff in Saudi Arabia, their culture started to get better. Yeah, and in 2,000 years, they'll be allowed to vote in Saudi <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, you gotta, that's the thing about progress. It always keeps going, you know? Yeah, Saudi Arabia a little slower than most. Yeah, well, that's a whole other discussion. But, uh, but hopefully... Beyond the hate, Saudi Arabia. Why is WWE still going there? Anyway. Money. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah... <laughs> But anyway, uh, hopefully you guys liked Birds of Prey. Uh, if you didn't and you were so far up your own ass, you can't understand that this is just a movie to have fun. We People try to make these movies way more political than they ever need to be, and it's yeah. sad. It's really sad. If you really don't like sad. our defense of uh, female-led movies and everything like that, you can email us at fuck off and unsubscribe. Right. Because uh, we don't want else, you here if you're going to be Everybody else troll. that love this and want to hear more about anything or have any suggestions, you know, if you guys want to donate money to us, we might do some of the movies that you like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you um, donate, just yeah. Just email you can... us at beyondthehate at yahoo.com and you have more suggestions or whatever. Like I said, you donate. We'll most likely, you know, do those things. Because we do, we, we, we generally love movies. Yeah. We don't ever watch any movies to not love them. Yeah. If I'm going to um, watch something, I'm trying to enjoy it. I might watch something and be like, yeah, this is kind of boring and I, I tune out. Um, but it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm going to hate on it. Uh, yeah, we, we always watch movies with the intention to love them. So please send us your suggestions. Maybe it's something that we've never even heard of. Just let right. us know about it and we will watch it. And then if we, we, you know, if you donate, we will, we will watch it and then we will, we will uh, do, do our best. We will do our best. <laughs> and so this has been Beyond the Hate. Yes. Hope you guys enjoyed. Motherfucking K Flay! K Flay! Hungover, got some number written slappy on your palm. It's over, yeah, I recognize you, so you truly are a liar. So I said, I love your records and your clothes on fire. Like, what's up? I'm gone now. Feeling good, feeling great. I'm a don now. Like, bye bye.
Rachel True, that's her name. I just now thought of <laughs> Rachel True, I almost fucked up and forgot her name. Rachel True in the craft. That was my girl. True that. True that. Rachel True that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because Rachel True, she was the she was the black girl in the group, and then she had the yeah she had the thing with her hair and stuff like that. And the girl was making fun of her because she was talking about all of uh, uh, you know her like nappy hairs and stuff like that as a racist white girl. And then she like put the spell on her where her fucking hair's falling out out of your zone. She's on the swim team and she takes the tap off and her hair's falling out. And then she's like, yeah, look at that shit. You want to make fun of my hair? You want to make fun of my natural African hair, bitch? How about your hair's gone now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, she definitely fucked that girl up. Yeah. 